0: Can you hear me?
1: Yep. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's weird. You know, it's, again, you're the only one that ever agrees to do this. And so the only times I ever do it is with you. So, (laughs) you know, so it's like, I I never can remember how exactly, like, I was struggling with it for like 10 minutes, like, fuck, I don't remember how to do this. I don't remember how to send him the the link.
0: Well, yeah, Um, we do this almost exactly at the same time every year. So. Yeah,
1: pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 uh, especially, uh, this year, you know, cause I'm trying to get the, um, I'm trying to make the, the podcast more of a professional podcast and I'm changing the name of it and all that. It's now going to be the a gap instead of uh, fourth and a mile. Uh, you know, so, uh, yeah. And so I, I kind of want to do this more often, you know, bring you on to discuss, you know, Aggie football stuff bring Sean on to discuss Cardinal baseball, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, but, uh, Sounds yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. And it just so happens that this week's assignment in school is to also do an interview. So, <laughs> uh, lines up perfectly, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, did you get, uh, did you, were you able to see the questions or did, uh, did they make it over there to you? I know I had, I, I sent it to two email addresses. So I couldn't remember which one was your correct one. And so, I sent it to, to both of them, and one of them shot back saying uh, it didn't work, or it didn't go through, or failed to, it failed to recognize the address, I think, is what it
0: hmm. said. Uh, I didn't look at my email, so.
1: Okay. Well.
0: Uh, uh, oh, yeah, I just saw it.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. I, I can give you a quick run through if you if you'd want if you wanted to do that. I mean, it's basic, basically the exact same stuff we talk about this time of year every year, only... With the added uh, question this time about about the uh, <laughs> the extra long halftime y'all had to endure.
0: Okay. Yep. Nope. All good. i uh, I think those are easy enough to talk to. All
1: right. Cool. Cool. Okay. Then uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, we'll get it started. Say at two and a half, which means nine seconds to go. Okay. Okay. All right. Four, three to welcome back everybody to the a gap presented by planet if you guys are at all curious about the name change and where i actually came up with the name the a gap it wasn't so much me it was actually believe it or not the uh the fellow that i have on the horn right now who uh texted me a long time ago about it uh when we were trying to or when i was trying to Uh, come up with a new name Uh, one of the ones that he came up with was the a gap and i am of course talking about our resident texas aggie football expert actually texas aggie all sports expert but mainly football i am of course speaking of chris how's it going tonight chris
0: going really well how are you
1: i'm doing great man it's uh you know the weather is kind of cooling down at least a little bit uh you know it's in the upper 80s now instead of the uh upper 110s you know so
0: yeah it's been nice it's been a big uh, change of pace since the long dry hot summer that we had here that uh, we've gotten a lot of rain over the last couple of weeks
1: yeah uh, i mean we just got uh, got pelted with some rain a couple hours ago too and i was just like man i hope this lasts because I, I want to i don't want it to be up in the 90s anymore i'm happy with the 80s
0: yeah yep unfortunately from what i see uh it's it's going to be back in the mid nineties for the game this weekend, so that's, uh, that's oh, yeah. <laughs> always fun for an afternoon game.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! And uh, who uh, who do the Aggies have this week?
0: Appalachian State.
1: App State, one of the powerhouses of the Sun Belt Conference. That that ought to actually be a fun game, and uh, it might be a better. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? A better, uh, a better poll to judge, to judge the Aggies on than what Sam Houston was last week, but we'll get into that here in just a few minutes. Uh, First off, the most important question of the day that's everyone's mind. What happened at halftime? I know the Aggie band came out. They played their, uh, you know, they, they, they played their set. Then some weather happened.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those lightning, lightning de- delays are the most frustrating thing in the world because this happened one other time that I recall. This was a 2014 game against Lamar, and it, was, it wasn't at halftime, though. It was right before the game was about to start. The, it was a minute until countdown. They had already done the entrance for the team to come onto the field. And right before we were about to kick off, they had a lightning delay and we waited at least a good ninety minutes, if not more, before the kickoff started then. And this was uh this was along the same lines, right? Is that the halftime clock had gotten down to about a minute um until kickoff, right? All the all the stuff happened at halftime like normal. And to be honest, at the stadium, you couldn't there was no rain and you couldn't really see. You could see maybe some clouds in the distance and then the lightning delay. And I guess in the end, if I'm remembering correctly, we spent probably, yeah, about two and a half hours uh, sort of waiting inside the stadium area just hanging out it was really crowded at first as everybody was hoping that it it would be a short one and then over time it just kind of dissipated as people got tired of waiting around so Hmm. so we just sat around and uh, had some beer eat some snacks talked you know that was that was really about it Uh, some of the students hung out in the stadium and it did start raining while we were in there, and so I guess they were having fun in the rain out there. Yeah. But uh, you know, it was just really not not a whole ton to to do except just sit and wait. And by the time we got back in, I would say it was pro- there was probably ten thousand people left in the stadium at that point. So wow. it was, yeah, it it had emptied out pretty good, but it was still uh, it was still fine. But uh, yeah, it's. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely hate those because essentially what happens is that every time there's a lightning strike within that eight-mile radius, it starts the 30-minute clock over again uh, <laughs> for for having to wait, right? And, and there was this and, – and here, the first storm had cleared out, and then this other storm had just sort of formed almost right over Brian, and it moved – it was just moving extremely slowly through the area, and so it was actually that storm that caused the the real delay because it just would not get itself out of that eight mile radius. It just hung out there for a long time.
1: Yeah, and for everyone that doesn't know, Brian is right next to College Station. In fact, it's almost the same exact town.
0: Yeah, they're uh, essentially twin cities.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, that that's what he's meaning, though, is that it, it was over Brian, and it was headed toward, or not maybe even headed towards College Station, but it's so close that it's within that eight-mile radius.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, it moved, it ended up moving right over the stadium, but it just kept creeping along. Um, it just took forever for it to get out of that eight-mile radius.
1: Yeah, and you know, the, the worst part about it for me, at least, sitting here at home watching the game, while it was raining over here as well, uh, but yeah, they they went ahead and put the second half on on the SEC Plus. Uh, I don't have SEC. I was not able to see any part of the second half.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I know that it's. I mean, just there's all kinds of things that just suck about it, right? Including the fact that now uh, the team. I, I had heard Jimbo's interview afterwards that I think the team had been had been called up like they were about to go out, uh, you know three, four times and, and getting prepped to go out onto the field. And then each time we're sent back um, inside because another lightning strike occurred. So <laughs> you have to imagine from the player and the team standpoint, just sitting around waiting to, you know, I guess doing some mild warmups or some coaching, but just waiting to come back out is just a, not a fun experience for anybody.
1: Oh, yeah, especially when you have that adrenaline going through you still from the first half. I, I, I can imagine that you just start getting antsy after a while.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: So, well, to the game, though, uh, week one is now officially in the books. Uh, what are your uh, takeaways on specifically Haynes King, but I guess the offense as a whole, but uh, Haynes King, because he's the biggest of the question marks, I guess, for the Aggie offense.
0: Yeah, well, I'll I'll start. Um, I'll start with the bad of the offense, and and the offensive line was just bad in run blocking. For it, it got a little bit better in the second half. They made some adjustments into their in their blocking scheme, but you know, I, I think part of this right is that the offensive line was supposed to be an area of more strength for them this year because you had three returning starters. Essentially, the from center Bryce Foster all the way through the right side of the offensive line we're all returning from last year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's supposed to be a bright spot, and instead what you had is that, uh, you know, Leighton Robinson, who's the right guard, played some, but he's apparently been hampered by a high ankle sprain, and so he wasn't able to to fully play. And then at center, uh, Bryce Foster has been out because as uh, the – as the, the the internet forums have uh, revealed he's had he had mono in August, and so he's you know recovering from that, I, I, I did not realize how complicated mono was. Um, yeah,
1: neither did I.
0: And particularly that essentially what happens is that it enlarges your spleen, and so you have to wait until your your spleen gets back to a normal size before you can go back to full activity or else you risk it rupturing. So, um, so essentially what that meant is that you had one starter playing on the line and it showed, honestly, it just, it, it was just a, a lot of bad stuff. I know Jimbo said that, uh, Sam was doing a lot of stuff up front in terms of twists and stunts and all those things, but, but honestly, you know, you go back and look at some of the film and you have linemen whiffing on blocks, reaching, uh, on the ground, um, in some cases, and just gave a chain no chance at all to get anywhere because by the time he was getting the ball, he had linemen, uh, of the other team right in his face. So it's, that was the bad, um, again, it got better in the second half. They changed some things up. They did a little bit more eye formation, right? Things that, uh, kind of helped counter some of the stunting, but, but that was to me, that wasn't, that was the worst. Um, strangely right on the other hand maybe not strangely uh their, their pass blocking was actually just fine right uh, there's no sacks in general Haynes King had enough time in the pocket to throw um you know what I would say about Haynes King in general is it's uh it's an it's an interesting spin if if you remember some of the conversations we've had in the past about Mond right and, and yeah. what the what his what his upsides and downsides were, right? His upsides were that he didn't turn the ball over a lot. He was, you know, if, if in, in short to medium range, he was pretty good, pretty accurate with what he was doing, but he was generally conservative, uh, right? He, he, the deep game was really not a big part of his, of, of his quarterback repertoire.
1: Yeah.
0: While, you know, the other, Haynes King is kind of coming in and he's at least so far from what we've seen, just the opposite of that right he his he he has nice touch on the ball right and so his short game is fine um his he doesn't have the the quite the power behind his throws that calzada had so you know maybe some some things in the middle get a little bit more challenging but he is big on trying to throw the ball deep and you saw that a lot right yeah. you saw you saw that twice in the first half with Yulke's Brown with, uh, with a Smith on successfully. You also saw it a couple of times and this, is the downside where he takes a chance on something deep that he probably shouldn't have thrown to begin with and taken the shorter pass. Um, yeah. and hence his two interceptions. So you're kind of getting this, this almost complete opposite of mind where you have somebody that is willing and continuously, um, trying to throw the ball downfield right which is great it kind of gets the explosive receivers involved but uh but at the same time he's got to learn as part of his game right the when when the coverage says it's not there that it's okay to go to the receiver that's five yards downfield and just take that for this play and i think that's hopefully that's something that's coachable right that you kind of learn with experience but that's overall i was I was happy with him. I was not so happy with the offensive line. Um, and as a result, not so happy with the run game. But I also saw what I loved on the offense was the the receivers um, are just dynamic receivers. And for the first time since that that I can remember since Jimbo has been here, there was a constant rotation of receivers that were out there. And you saw all of them show up and make plays, right? You had... Uh, Anaya smith obviously yul keith brown had the long touchdown um but you also saw two freshmen and and evan stewart who is probably going to be a star chris marshall who's you know the tall big receiver tall big receiver chase lane had a couple of plays um i mean i, I thought the receiver rotation was was great <laughs> and uh, to be honest with you the only thing that was strange with uh with what we've seen at and in the last few years is that it was really the there's no tight end that caught a single pass in the game so that's uh that's a bit new but overall for week one happy with the offense and by the way right I think this gets overlooked with Sam Houston a lot and I'm not saying that they're a powerhouse but they are two things they're a good a really really good FCS team right who won the championship two years ago uh, went 11 and one last year and lost in the quarterfinals of the playoffs of, of FCS. So they've, and so they've gone essentially, I want to say it's 21 and one over the last, uh, two years. Right. Yeah. They're, um, they're
1: definitely no slouch.
0: Yeah. And, and second right there, they've now gotten big enough that next year there will be an FBS school. So they're kind of in that interim period where FCS schools, I want to say have 65 scholarships, mm-hmm. um, Uh, fbs have 85 and for those who are transitioning from fcs to fbs they have an interim year and that's this year for sam houston where they have 75 scholarship players
1: Ah, so yeah they're, they're they're pretty much in the same boat as uh uh james madison only you know a year behind them
0: yeah i think so right and and like i said they've been really good it's been you know I, I think everybody remembers or thinks of north dakota state right when it comes to is it north dakota or south dakota state north um, dakota state yeah yeah that uh you know for winning championships but yeah sam houston um has been right there with them in terms of winning championships in fcs
1: yeah and north dakota state you know if you paid any attention to them at all they've put on some pretty impressive showings against fbs schools so yep. you know uh, you, you cannot uh, un- or you can't overlook the uh, th- these FCS schools that are really good FCS schools that are transferring up to being FBS. I don't know where North Dakota State is in that. I don't know if they want to go into FBS, but uh, you know you got Sam Houston, you got James Madison. Uh, a few years ago, you had Liberty do it, and Liberty is right now. Liberty's been to a couple bowl games, you know. So. Yep. Uh, yeah, you can't overlook these, these, these little FCS schools because you think that they're little FCS schools.
0: Yep, I agree.
1: So, okay, uh, and that actually kind of uh, answered one of the questions I was going to bring up was uh, 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 what kind of a uh, what kind of an assessment is Sam Houston State? So, I think you pretty much just answered that for us. Uh, but the next question was going to be. Same thing with the offense. How about the defense this year? How did that look? I mean, I know we won 31 nothing.
0: Well, they, in my opinion, I think this defense has a chance to be scary good. Um, you know, I know it's been that way since Jimbo's been around, Right? they've kind of every year had improvement and improvement. And, uh, you know, you hear a lot of the national pundits. I think that they – they have an uninformed take of this defense right they'll say oh am's defense is all freshman fast. that's not true at all um you look at right. some of the you look at some of the people that they have out there right um Isaiah rakes uh, uh, McKinley Jackson who didn't play on on Saturday but will this Saturday uh Hall Deshaun Hall, uh, Deshaun Hall. Um, Fadil Diggs I uh, see that number 10 <laughs> and it reminds me of Deshaun Hall of um Diggs. Fadil Diggs, um, right. These are all upperclassmen playing on that line, right. Who are starting on that line. So (laughs) it's not, uh, it's not a, it's not a freshman class who's stacked there. But what you did see is that a lot of freshmen played and just like the offense, there was a ton of rotation, particularly on that defensive line. And those freshmen were pretty darn impressive when they were out there. I mean, they were constantly getting pressure, whether it was Walter Nolan, um, you know, I, I thought uh, uh, Overton um, had some some good pressures mixed in there. Um, uh, you had Albert Regis, right, who um, it, it, I mean, you just you just had a lot of um, of these young guys who were stepping in and they they, they just looked apart. Right. Um, so I think all in you have a defense that is extremely deep um, across the board, except for maybe linebacker where, um, you know, it looked like Andre white got hurt uh, in the fourth quarter and Jimbo said he's day to day, but that could be a blow. But um, I was going mean, to
1: ask, ask you, about that too, uh, uh, about his status, but yeah. Okay. The, the day. All right. that. Answers that. <laughs>
0: it's, it's funny because he has a history and it's, I think day-to-day means something different to him than probably death, uh, <laughs> because he's, there've been other situations in the past where he said day-to-day and somebody was out for the season. So uh, at least, um, you know, it, I, if he's saying that, then the worst fear was that the way that he was holding his knee after he got injured is that it was, uh, it, it, it was going to end up being right in ACL tear. Sure. Um, but I would say, typically with knee injuries in the past, if it was an ACL tear, he would say that it was season injuring, um, season ending. Here, yeah. he, you know, it, it doesn't sound like it is. And Andre White got up and at least was able to walk off the field pretty well, right without okay. uh, without help. So, um, so it could be something like yeah, a strain I mean,
1: instead of a tear or something.
0: Yeah, that's right. It could be a meniscus tear. It could be, you know, some loose cartilage. I, I don't know. It could be just a strain. I I'm not sure, but yeah. Um, so hopefully hoping the best there because I thought he played pretty well on Saturday too. Um, and then you look at the secondary and, and again, you're just kind of uh, loaded with, uh, with talent back there. Right. I mean, depth and cornerbacks um, like we haven't seen in a while yet. Jalen Jones did not play um, on, on Saturday, but you had, Tyreek Chappelle, Brian George, who started uh, Antonio Johnson, who manned his typical nickel spot. You had, uh, you know, but then you also saw a ton of the freshmen like Denver Harris um, come in, right, and and play well. So it was just, you just really good there. Safety is the Monty Richardson, right? He's a stabilizer as a senior on that defense. But uh, Jardine Gilbert had an interception, played well. You had Jacoby Matthews as a freshman come in. It's just a really stacked defense, and what's most impressive about that shutout win is that I think I can count maybe two times that they blitzed the entire game. They weren't doing any stunts. They weren't doing any sort of tricks with it. It was about as vanilla of a defense as as you'll see, right? And and DJ Durkin, who kind of plays a similar style to Mike Elko. Um, but he's known for having a more aggressive defense, right? A lot of man-on-man with your corners, um, man-to-man on your corners, um, a, a lot of blitzes and, and exotic blitzes, right? And they didn't do any of that. It was just sort of our guys are better than your guys uh, when it came to yeah. us on defense, and, and they shut him out.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, again, all I really got to see was the first half, but that first half I was very impressed with that defense uh considering again that i know how good sam houston is uh specifically on offense uh the defense came out and they yeah they they dominated and uh i I, you know i i might not have put together all the uh the lack of uh of color uh that they uh, uh that they had you know but uh yeah i i saw them and they were you know a very 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 good looking defense so yep. uh, uh so there are a ton of expectations in Aggieland this year, you know they have the number one recruiting class in the country uh, what are your as a as a fan yourself what are your expectations of the aggies this year they the it is a number one recruiting class, which means they're all freshmen this year, right? Uh, Can you expect them to be a sec champion with the number one recruiting class this year? Or is that going to be something that you got to look for down the line?
0: Well, so I think, and this, I think, right, is, is exactly what pundits end up getting themselves tripped over, right? Is that they're so focused on that number one recruiting class. Well, they've had good recruiting classes right top five type recruiting classes over the last four years right
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so the talent is there uh, you know what's it, it's the certainly there there were more stars per capita right in this last recruiting class that they just had but um they've had plenty of really good top five level talent um in terms of recruiting classes that have have come in over the last few years um so look i think the i think most would agree that the floor that is acceptable this year is double digit wins um right so it has to be at least 10 um i i think that it is very doable i think Back to our earlier conversation, the offensive line has got to be better. And hopefully as some of these guys return, it will be better. But, um, you know, that that's the floor. And I know, right, the big game that everybody has on their mind is Alabama here at the beginning of October. They've got a lot of other hard games too, right? Miami coming up, then Arkansas, who's, um, you know, looking like they continue to improve. Um, and, you know, you <laughs> listen to some folks like, paul feinbaum and they're just convinced <laughs> that alabama is gonna just be out on a mission to throttle a and I, I don't know I, I, you know look, i, quite I think it. they
1: will be on a mission that doesn't mean it's gonna happen but i think they will be on the mission well
0: I, I think what will happen right is that that will be that'll be a gauge of how ready a is to be a a real national championship contender at some point right um not to say that they have to win that game but you're exactly right alabama's going to be on that mission and to be honest with you AM has not had a a really impressive uh uh showing in tuscaloosa since johnny in 2012 right yeah. so i mean ever ever since then it's pretty much been 20 plus point victories in, in tuscaloosa right. so you know it, it but if it's a a good competitive game that it stay, especially if it stays single digits competitive, um, you know, then I think you walk away from that and you feel really good about the future of a And M, um, right? And you say that they are ready to be national contenders. But I think the other part too, right? And this is what ended up tripping them up last year, even after, even after that win against Alabama, but before it also is is. Just ensuring that they don't play down to some of the competition either, right? Um, and right, you saw that after you know after you had that win against Alabama and then you moved mm-hmm. forward, you know the 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 losses against Ole Miss, um, the yeah. losses against LSU, right? It just you, that those are the things, right? That that differentiate good teams from great teams. Yeah, that um, loss
1: against LSU was so disappointing because you cannot tell me that. Texas A&M did not have the far better team last year.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I think I think a lot of people overlook the fact that um, I think Calzada did a lot of great things last year. Um, but, you know, he's – it, it even shows up this year as he transferred to, to Auburn, right, and he's, I think, third on the depth chart there. It's just mm-hmm. he, he's not – he's not at that point of being an sec starter caliber quarterback. And, and that kind of, you know, is what you had last year. Um, So the team did what, what it did with a quarterback that really wasn't sec starter caliber, but, but all that being said this year, I think double digit wins is, is the floor, the expectation from, from the fan base in general.
1: So if they finish say eight and four, is that a failure? Uh, to everyone in aguiland
0: yep I think so hmm.
1: so yeah so the expectations are high uh, the ceiling is high but then the floor is also pretty damn high too <laughs> uh, yeah
0: I mean it, that's that's it right I, I think if you look at teams who have gotten there outside of Alabama themselves right you look at a at a Clemson, right they they it took them a while to kind of get out of they had some good years followed by bad years, good years followed by bad years. Everybody remembers Clemson as the national championship winning, uh, you know, competitive with Alabama team. Well, it took Dabo Sweeney, right? Seven, eight years before they got to that point.
1: Right. Um,
0: right and it was a lot of ups and downs and ups and downs along the way in order to yeah. get there. But and, and even last year they
1: fell, they fell completely off and I'm, I'm not convinced that they're back yet.
0: <laughs> oh no. I, their offense looked, not so great especially in that first half against georgia tech but yeah but i digress what i'm what i was getting at is that you know y- you start to get to a point where um if that expectation isn't double digit wins then you're never going to be you know, you- you're never going to be a a national championship contender right that has to be the floor for any program that thinks that they can be a contender out there mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely, and so the rest of the Aggie schedule is pretty much top twenty-five caliber. No matter what anybody says, I think Appalachian State is a top twenty-five caliber. Not saying that they are the top, but they are a caliber of the top twenty-five team because they 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 have pretty much dominated the Sun Belt Conference. They've been up at uh, at the uh, FBS level. Uh, after that, you got a Miami team that just annihilated the thin Cookman, which I. You know, I think everyone expected them to do that, but still, seventy-one to—I don't know what the final score was. You know, putting seventy-one points against someone is pretty impressive. So this is a this is going to be a very tough schedule for the Aggies.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. It is. Uh, I mean, I think. I don't know if you saw the Appalachian State's game against North Carolina, which was really, really exciting. Yeah, um,
1: it was. <laughs> it but,
0: but, I mean, there was – I think what was true on both sides is that there was zero defense on either from either team. Um, yeah, absolutely. That, that had to be one of the worst defensive performances that I've seen um, in college football from both sides. But, you know, you also have to look at it and say, I think Appalachian State, you know, they've got a good – offense and it'll be a good test for our defense this week um what i would expect coming into this right is that from an offense perspective they're going to try to 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 fix the run game issue so i expect a lot of effort to try to run the ball um but you know don't uh they shouldn't let go of, of passing the ball right because north carolina showed that it's a it's very doable on appalachian state so um you know look and in the Jimbo era here there are very rarely games in which the team is scoring you know uh, 40 plus points much less 50 plus points so I, I don't expect that right that's that's not their that's not their style that's not mm-hmm. they, they they play slower right they 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 typically suck a lot of the clock up um you know they run the ball a lot so i'm not expecting that uh that they're scoring 40 or 50. But, I mean, I do think that they should hold to the line, which I believe right now is somewhere around 15, 16 points, um, right? And and I I would expect that they probably, they should come out on top by that. But what they also need to be wary of is is just not overlooking App State. I, I don't think that they will, but um, App State, to your point, is they're a good team It has had good wins. Mm-hmm. So
1: final question of the night, then. Uh, Are you on or are you in the same boat, I should say, as Desmond Howard? Will the Aggies win the national championship? (laughs)
0: I'm I'm not going that far. Um, (laughs) I I think I think it sets up really nicely next year. They'll be in a prime position for it. Um, But again, I think that what really has to happen, they have to have a good successful double digit win you know new york uh, new year six type bowl um Mm -hmm. type of uh type of season this year right i look i I think i think that they could i think that some some things they have bigger holes than alabama does by far right uh they've got to fix that offensive line Haynes king has got to um kind of uh get into a better groove as a quarterback overall.
1: Yeah, I was going to say right in his Brett Favre tendencies.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So, but what you also see is that the potential is there, right? That that defense that gave Alabama such fits for most of the game last year um, is better this year in a lot of ways. And I know, again, the fine bombs of the world won't say that because they don't actually look at what's going on. They'll think that it's all freshmen out there. Um, But this defense this year i truly believe is better than last year's defense and that says a lot that does. um right uh the offense is has much more explosive potential than last year's offense did so i think the potential is there um but you know i i also know that it's not it, it's not all there yet where you can see like this team is unbeatable, like you do oftentimes with an Alabama.
1: Yeah, yeah, and uh, the way it looked too this past week in Georgia as well, because man, they yeah they, they gave they gave Oregon a pretty good beatdown.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I know it does make you wonder, right? How much how much of that is about how good Georgia still is, and how much is. How bad in general the Pac 12 is. Um, That's
1: a good, that's a very good question, especially after the Florida win against Utah. That was a great game, exciting game. And AR 15, I thought looked fantastic, but how was he going to look against an SEC defense compared to a Pac 12 defense?
0: Yeah. And so, I mean, these are all the questions that I think you always have coming out of week one. And for most, for the most part, teams in week one, look a lot different than they look by the time they get to week four or five. And that's always the challenge of these season opening games against tough teams, right. Is that um, it's not like NFL rosters, right. Where you, you retain a lot of your, you, you retain a lot of your, your team, right. And you just continue to build on that experience for years to come Yeah. You, okay. every year inevitably are going to have a ton, right. Uh, a, a, twenty five percent rotation and who is still on the team every year. Yeah, right? that's a lot. Um, that's a lot. Yeah. So that first game, it's 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 scary. And that's why you see oftentimes, right? Um, teams set up, you know, games against easier opponents earlier in the year because they know they have to work out some kinks and some live action. And so these week one big time matchups i think one they're extremely difficult for both sides but two they're not always necessarily um predictors of how good a team is or isn't going to be um because a lot of it just depends on level of readiness that week right um so now that being said i think georgia is definitely better than oregon um but the point being is i don't know that that spread of difference is as far as it seemed in that game, either. When we that's get to true, the
1: especially considering that the Oregon head coach is a first-time head coach. You know, Granny came from Georgia. You would think he would have a bit of an advantage there, but uh, you know, it's well, yeah, it's you know his first ever and, head uh, coaching game.
0: And 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 Bo Nix just wanted to see what it was like to get beat by Georgia in a different uniform. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> that's it. A- <laughs> uh so okay uh this weekend what time is the aggie game at uh yeah what time is the aggie game at
0: 2 30
1: 2 30 so uh you i'm taking it you guys are leaving in the morning again huh yep so all right so 2 30 uh 2:30 p.m central time uh it'll probably be i'm assuming on the sec network i don't know if you even know that
0: uh i think it's i think it's actually on espn
1: Oh yes man okay. Well I think I, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean that does make some sense. Uh App State is a big time uh, program considering not biggest time. You know they're not Group of 5 or they're not Power 5. They're Group of 5. So but uh all right. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that game as well. I will be sitting here watching it. Um I again as always, thank you for your time and yeah, I definitely want to give time next week we're going to sit here and talk about the uh, pluses or minuses of the Appalachian State game.
0: All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me as always.
1: Yeah, thank you. And, uh, yeah, you have a, a great night. And, everyone else, we will be back here in just a few minutes, and we will be discussing the upcoming NFL schedule. So, stay tuned.